0: Give a little time for the child within you Don't be afraid to be young and free Undo the locks and throw away the keys And take off your shoes and socks and run you
1: It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. How are you, friend? Well, I just uh, wanted to say,
2: welcome home. To you. Welcome home to you, Jesse. Welcome to your your second podcast home. Um, Welcome home to the listeners um welcome home to brian uh our producer um and yeah just welcome 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 to everybody if you're within earshot welcome home can i can i kind of piggyback off that jordan do you mind uh you know i mean i don't love it when you steal my thunder i don't love it i don't love it but because 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 we're home right because home is where the heart is yeah Home is where you can really be you. If you feel like you you have to steal my thunder, I'll allow
1: it because we're home. Welcome home. I hate stealing anyone's thunder. The only time I've ever done it was when I briefly stole the thunder from Down Under. <laughs> you kidnapped an entire old, uh, erotic male strip review? Yeah. But again, briefly. Okay. I just wanted to see what they had and then I let them go. Okay. All right, all right, fellas. I know you can't show the crank on stage, but <laughs> so just whip it out here for me in this van, and <laughs> I'll let you get back. I just want to say, piggybacking on what you said, Jordan, right. you said welcome home. Welcome home. I just want to say to the audience, to you, uh, to our guest on the program, to Brian, our producer, um, to my dog, who's in a pile of sweatshirts in the corner of my closet, I want to say... Mi casa es su casa. Mm, mm, international. I like that. That's that's how a Spaniard would say. Right. My home is your home. Can I tell you why I'm so inspired to say
2: welcome home? And I might start saying it at the top of every episode.
1: You can tell me. I mean, I just assumed it's because I'm wearing sweatpants, but go ahead.
2: (laughs) So there's a couple of places in my life that I've heard welcome home. You know, apart from my home, um, Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Well, that's when you're here, your family. Yeah. They're, yeah, if you try and sleep in an Olive Garden. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. I ate too much, too many breadsticks one time.
2: I thought I was family.
1: <laughs> Passed out right there on the floor.
2: <laughs> I got sleepy from the chicken parm. Uh, welcome home. They say it to you as you're entering Burning Man. Welcome home. Okay. There's the person, there's the steampunk uh, ballerina goblin that checks your ticket. Okay. They say "Welcome home." Right? Uh they say it to you before you go in the magic castle, the kind of members-only magic club in Hollywood. Mhm. As you're entering the, you know, secret uh the secret door, they say "Welcome home."
1: Well, members-only, yeah, that's a stretch. I would say members Right, Friends of members, people Mm -hmm. invited by members, and large groups of employees from a country club in Orange County. That's based (laughs) exclusively on our experience going to see our friend Matt Ricardo there. Mm -hmm. Very, Um, very drunk and very, very blonde.
2: And if there's anybody that you want to be seated near during a, a performance... It's the employees of an Orange County Country Club. Just great, great, great observers. Yeah. So, okay, so there's two places. Welcome, you know, Burning Man, um, the Magic Castle. And so, you know, I think kind of what links these two things is, like, you know, these are kind of, like, you're in the know type places. And, like, you know, these are places outside of, like, normal society where you can, you know, let your freak flag fly.
1: Right. Like sort of olive garden type
2: places, yeah, like a real olive garden, yeah and so, but i and I absolutely see the importance and the um appeal of that, you know it's nice it's nice to know that you know you can go somewhere and be with your people, like these are my people, you know, this isn't my
1: you know, this is my chosen family, these are my people. I've only felt that way one time in my life, Jordan, mm, okay, and it wasn't in my family of origin, it's not in my family of choice now uh, was when I briefly kidnapped the Thunder from Down Under. Mm, Sure. (laughs) These people and their athletic peen This
2: This week I I saw Welcome Home in a third place. Yeah. So now it's been Burning Man. Number one. uh, The the Magic Castle. Number two. And it is now on the door of Carl's Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome home. <laughs> you can re- be a g- fucking house, house that western bacon cheeseburger without judgment. You are home. These are your pe- these are these are people who prefer crisp cut fries to regular fries, even though the regular fries are pretty good.
1: These are people who are hardies east of the Rockies.
2: <laughs> Right. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if you're welcoming you home to Hardee's. If we have any listeners, please go to your local Hardee's and let us know if they've added "Welcome Home" to the door. Yeah.
1: If and let me add this: if we have any listeners, let us know because we've been presuming on uh, we've been going forward on the assumption (laughs) that we do not.
2: Right. Yeah. If we have
1: listeners, we will do our best to improve the show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps by introducing things such as content or format. (laughs) <laughs> All right, don't go
2: nuts. I <laughs> talking about a regular segment with the Thunder from Down Under, where they just
1: rub their peens on mics. Uh, our guest on the program is uh, a stand-up, stand-up comic, a podcaster in his own right, a gifted photographer, an art school graduate, uh, probably best known as the sidekick on Diablo Cody's talk show, Steve Agee.
3: Oh wow! Where did you
2: come up with that? I know your
1: credit, Steve.
2: That's a deep cut, man. Well, you know. What did, were you? I didn't. I didn't know. That Je, I, I guess I, unlike Jesse, don't have the uh, knowledge of your resume. That maybe I should. Um, no, you shouldn't. It never aired. <laughs> <laughs> what was your? What was your? I didn't know you did this. Tell it. Tell us about what you did. What were your sidekick duties? Uh, she, uh, pitched an idea for a talk
3: show. I believe it was AMC and, uh, we shot a pilot and, um, it was really fun and it was based on, she did a web series, uh, of interviews from, um, her Airstream that was parked in her, on her property. And so she pitched based on that and we did a pilot and... Somehow Jesse knows about it.
2: (laughs) Jesse, were you the guy at AMC who axed this? Yeah, I did. (laughs) You did it. You said it was no turn Washington spies. That's why you were that's why you were axing it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Welcome home, Jesse.
2: Yeah, welcome home uh what were you wait so so you're you like sat on the couch next to her you like Uh did you do any band leading
3: no i don't this was so long ago i there was no band um there was like a pre-taped musical opening and then um yeah i think it was just a half hour show as well
1: but it wasn't in the airstream
3: No, it was not. It was in a studio somewhere.
1: Do you think that's probably why it didn't go?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think it lost the charm outside of the Airstream.
1: Mm, I'd love to. Guys, I know this is a cliche, but God, I'd love to have an Airstream.
3: I would, too. Oh, my God. Me, too.
1: I think
2: they're so cool and so beautiful. You could live like Matthew McConaughey or someone
1: who sells fusion tacos in Portland. Yes, exactly. (laughs) fusion tacos <laughs> i'm selling brisket tacos barbecue brisket tacos out of my airstream yeah it has a ring to it doesn't it
2: sounds good uh steve i uh saw you briefly in the kind of teaser trailer for the suicide squad it was really exciting
3: yeah it's gonna be awesome i i'm i'm really excited that they finally showed something i mean it's not gonna be out until August of next year, but I, I was really, really excited that, you know, they had enough footage to release a pretty decent size behind the scenes little teaser.
2: Uh I if you I don't know, I mean, I know this stuff is, you know, probably very protected by Warner Brothers, but I am I, I am totally fa- <laughs> yeah, burn it down, A. G. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? (laughs) Release the AG cut. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where where you can see King Shark's butthole. Oh, so much. So you're like acting in this kind of like apparatus, right?
3: Well, it was very weird. It wasn't really motion capture. It was reference because King Shark is fully CG. But I mean... There's no similarities between a human other than arms and legs. So it was really pointless to do motion capture. So I would just stand there and they would act to me and they're going to, you know, cut me out and put in a, a, you know, a computer generated shark man.
1: But they got you to do this mocap process because of your sinuous grace. (laughs) Because
3: I was tall (laughs) And willing to wear a 50-pound chest piece and weird bicycle helmet with a little, you know, balsa wood frame of a shark head on it. <laughs> it was really weird. I, think that, I mean, none of this yeah, is spoilery. Well, it's, it's all in that behind-the-scenes stuff that was released.
1: I mean, you're willing to do that. I've paid $200 an hour to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find someone on Craigslist. Wow. Let me know
3: next time. I can hook you up
2: uh I, this is an interesting jordan jesse go fun fact for for the folks keeping track at home uh steve Agee will be playing king shark in an upcoming film and john economist oh yeah oh cool okay great a,
3: t- a dual role an actual where i you can see me steve Agee in the skin
1: wow Pretty good. Yeah. Like, reflected in the skin? <laughs> is it a very shiny skin?
3: <laughs> no, it's it's my normal... Well, I mean, it's really white, and so it's a little bit shiny. Got it. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I was watching the Harley Quinn show uh, over there on HBO Max. Mm. It's a very funny mm-hmm. show. Everything people say is true about that show. It's really good. Uh, King Shark also in that, voiced by Ron Funches. Ronald Funches, yeah. Who has also been on this show. Yeah. And it Got me thinking, like, are we the number one destination, the number one podcast destination for people who have played King Shark? <laughs> so far, I think you are. So this is interesting. So I uh I kind of g- googled King Shark on film. And we're we're missing one. We're missing one King Shark. Uh I guess on the Flash TV show, yeah. which I yeah. have seen a few of but do not watch regularly. Yeah. Uh, His voice is done by uh, David Hader. Do you know who David Hader is? No, I I have seen a few
3: episodes of that just because I wanted to see what their king shark was like. And he's terrifying. He's probably like 20 feet tall.
2: (laughs) Yours will be be smaller and more lovable. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sort
2: of like an amiibo level. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, so yeah, the, David Hayter, very interesting career. He is a, a you know celebrated voiceover actor. He does uh, a Solid Snake in most of the Metal Gear Solid games, although I think they replaced him with Kiefer Sutherland for the last one.
3: Oh yeah, you're right. Uh,
2: but he also is like just like a screenwriter. He wrote like X Men Two. No way. So anyway, oh. David Hayter, interesting guy. David Hayter, come on, JJ, go. Please. We need the King Shark hat trick.
1: Uh, Is that a normal... You guys are in show business. I'm in public radio. Right. (laughs) Is that a normal career crossover to be writing blockbuster films and also doing voices on The Flash? No, No, I don't think so. I think this guy legitimately has kind of an
2: amazing, weird career.
1: Like I know that like Nat Faxon has written some movies, you know what I mean? He's got an Oscar for it. And Jim Rash, yeah. Yeah, that guy's that guy's no joke. But he's writing movies that are like directly comparable to the kind of acting work that he does. You know, charming, uh funny, snaggle-toothed movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> snaggle
3: Wait, he wrote he wrote that one with the George Clooney um uh The Descendants. The Descendants, yeah. That's not snaggletooth.
2: <laughs> yeah, everybody's got perfect pearly
1: whites in that chest.
2: <laughs> Ugh, the dental, the dental work in this
1: movie. Ah <laughs> uh, But I'm, I'm impressed to learn that this king shark is, uh, is out here writing X-Men movies. I think solid snake. Good job. Pretty impressive. Sure, that's a beloved video game character. Our friend Sam is uh, Spider-Man. What movies is he writing? You know what I mean.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sam Regal. <laughs> Write an X-Men movie. God damn it. <laughs> Make it about Wendigo. Wendigo. <laughs> uh anyway, so yeah, just if anybody out there knows Hader, uh, you know, I we know he's got the fucking mic
1: to do oh, a podcast. Absolutely. That guy doesn't just have a pot that guy's got a fucking Neumann. You know he's got a Neumann. <sighs> You know he's got
2: a Neumann. Oh,
3: yeah, he's got that foam padding all over. He's got an office with foam padding. Oh, and oh fuck you, hater! Fucking
1: Neumann and his foam. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
2: Now I'm a. Ha- now I'm the hater.
1: <laughs> oh, fucking shock mount. You know that's what haters about. Shock mount. What's he? What's he drinking? Warm tea. <laughs>
3: Yeah, eating <laughs> green apples—that's a thing.
1: <laughs> mm. what?
2: Wait, is that a voiceover trick? I didn't know that.
3: That is a thing in uh, voiceover. They'll have like green apples. I don't know what it does, but it, it does something.
1: Huh? Interesting. Look it up, Brian. Keeps the keeps the doctor away, I guess. It reminds you what apples are less good.
3: <laughs> I think it keeps your mouth from getting dried out.
2: Yeah, maybe. I think. I mean, they're pretty filled with moisture. Last I had one.
3: Looks <laughs> like it's supposed to keep away the mucus.
2: Oh.
3: There you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, mucus, that's the enemy of the voiceover actor, mm-hmm. from what I understand. <laughs> sort of like Lex Luthor and Superman. <laughs> mm, yes, exactly.
3: Like King Shark and Superboy.
2: <laughs> uh, Steve, I always kind of like checking in with you where you are in your video game journey. I think sometimes you're on oh. them, sometimes you're off them. Oh. We're obviously living in very very video game heavy times i'm I, was, I found myself wondering how is ag doing during all this
3: well i started early on i jumped on that animal crossing ah boat, sure 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 yeah which is pretty Many much did. you know fallen by the wayside and i i just spent uh, a few weeks playing ghost of tsushima
2: oh yeah on sure.
3: playstation which was incredible loved Wait. it
2: I called uh, Nick Weiger a coward for not playing Sekiro last episode <laughs> and playing that instead. So I'm going to go ahead and call you a coward too, even though I don't think anybody <laughs> understands what I'm talking about. Anyway, play Sekiro, you coward.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, it's great. <laughs>
2: That's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I'm a coward. But you you like it was a, you liked it. It was a good, he loved it too. I think I'm 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 mad at it cuz it's similar to a game that I think is harder. So I'm I I I turned my nose up at it, but maybe I shouldn't have.
3: Give it a shot. What else are you going to do?
2: Here's the thing, Steve, fucking nothing. Exactly. I'm not going to do shit. I don't know I've Yeah, uh, sure, I might as well do that.
1: <laughs> hey, have you guys uh, have you guys been playing a lot of Baseball Mogul 2018? <laughs> no, man, no, I'm 2019, man,
2: I... baby. They fixed all the bugs. <laughs> You've mentioned this a couple times on the show, Jesse. What is, I guess I forget what the, what the, it's not a baseball game. It's like a baseball management game. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. No, a baseball game would be too action packed for me, Jordan. Sure. You don't need that. (laughs) You just like trade guys and sign free agents. Oh my God. It's Moneyball.
2: It (laughs) It truly
1: is. Oh my God. You're pretending you're Jonah Hill.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow.
2: Uh, Are they real baseball guys or is it like in, you know, baseball stars for the NES where they make up kind of fakey sounding American names?
1: Uh, It's mostly real baseball guys, uh, but the Ninja Black Sox are in there from baseball stars. They threw in...
3: (laughs) Is this on a video game system, or do you play with, like, (laughs) playing cards? (laughs) It's like solitaire. (laughs) Yeah, like Magic the Gathering.
1: (laughs) You play it in Microsoft Windows, my friend. Microsoft Windows. Oof. Nice. Nice OS. (laughs) (laughs) Click, click, click. That's the sound of that game. I've been trying to get my daughter to play this game with me uh, called All-Star Baseball. Mm -hmm. And, like... I really I'm just really pushing for any of my children to like uh sports generally and baseball specifically just so that I can not feel like I am a bad person or parent when I am watching a sporting event. Mhm. Does that make sense like if if you can yeah. rope your children into it then you're taking care of them and thus you're parenting and being a good right. person. Whereas if you just do it mm-hmm. while they hurt themselves in the next room, uh, then you're a bad parent, right? <laughs> right. Sure. While they're while
2: they're while they're in the other room scarfing down Tide pods.
1: Yeah. Have Have you taken them to an actual baseball game? Yeah. I, a baseball game has been the most successful sporting event I've taken my children to. I've taken them to a couple of basketball things, because uh, football is. Football is not going to. Going to a football game is not going to convince anyone to like football. Going to a football game sucks. Yeah. Um, And I I say that as somebody who enjoys watching football on television. But going to a football game, you're so far away nothing exciting it's nothing exciting about it like all the things that make it good on tv make it bad in real life right um you're not wearing a shirt you've got the team logo body painted on your on your torso (laughs) Uh, (laughs) etc um
2: you don't have you don't have to do that jesse did you think you that was like required for entrance yeah no they they make you do that jordan now you've have you ever been to a professional football game Boy, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's been a while, honestly. So maybe the maybe the rules have changed. Yeah,
1: I mean, you maybe you didn't notice that was the rules because that because you happened to have gone during that one year when you always had your shirt off and Los Angeles Rams body painted on your torso. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, honestly, now that you say that, it does that—that that actually lines up perfectly. So.
1: That was junior year, I think, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, junior year, my Ra- my Rams year. Ah, you never forget your Rams
1: year, right? Everybody's got that Rams year. Rams year. Um, but I, I've i taken them to a couple of basketball games. Um, I've gone to, gone to a mm-hmm. few. Uh, we went to an LA Sparks game, which is the WNBA team, and we went to a UCLA women's yeah. basketball game, and we went to a Harlem Globetrotters game and whoa fun uh, so here's the thing yeah. steve <laughs> no not fun as an adult <laughs> the harlem's globe the harlem globetrotters game was impressively not fun <laughs>
3: uh, i went huh. as a kid and loved it
1: i know i was so excited to go steve <laughs> <laughs> the wnba game and the uh, ucla women's basketball game were both pretty fun for me um and i yeah. loved that i bought tickets to each of them for like eight dollars um yeah and i thought like any any professional sporting event I can go to for eight dollars i'm in it sounds great to me and spend all the rest of the money on hot dogs <laughs> but the th- the thing that you forget about a basketball game if you're not regular regular basketball game attendee and i'm not i'm not a i'm not a millionaire uh is it is just assaultive like the level of of intensity of noise um and like blinking lights that goes on during a basketball game is so exhausting. And for my kids, you know, this is true for a lot of little kids. Like, they're so easily sensorily overwhelmed. Like, they basically just, like, started crying 10 minutes in, and we had to leave, like, (laughs) at halftime or just before.
2: (laughs) Were you—was the Harlem Globetrotters game less fun because you were concerned— at, uh, why no one was helping Scooby Doo?
1: <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why it was less fun. Um, it's always more fun when your team is in the game and has a shot at winning. And I'm a fourth generation Generals fan. Mm, no. Sure,
2: right. Your dad. Your dad. It's
1: a. You know, it's a family thing. Your dad was
2: one. His dad was one.
1: You know, my mom's from Washington D.C. And right, right. You know how it is. You know how it is. The 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 Globetrotters game, it wasn't horrible, but my kids were not interested in the basketball tricks. Mm-hmm. They kind of liked the mascot, but they weren't interested in the goofy stuff that the players were doing. And also, it is a very odd mix of acting goofy and just regular basketball playing. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's obvious, like it's an archaic thing. Like obviously, it's something that they figured out in 1944, and have been doing for the past 65 years. Mm-hmm. But it's just you can never tell. Is this going to be one of the parts where they don't really play basketball, or where they kind of really play basketball? And it makes the kind of really playing basketball pretty dull. And then, but there's only so many times that you can do the goofy, not basketball things. And they have to play an entire basketball game.
3: Is it really like a full-length game?
1: Yes, they play an entire basketball game. Uh, and I think w- part of the time, at least, one of the teams is trying to win. Wow.
2: Just like a, like occasionally they have a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that whole uh, quarter where they just answer questions about what it was like being trapped on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I'd like to hear that. I would. Actually, I would. I'm curious. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, it's just like like one guy is like fifty five and like short and portly, mm-hmm. and that guy's just a guy that they can't fire for some reason. He's got something on somebody.
3: He's Curly Joe's nephew.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a good kid. He's
3: He's Meadowlark Tangerine
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wow and that in that family their their first name is the same. and their last
1: names are all different uh, different citruses. Meadowlark Lemon lime. <laughs> what was the last here Here's a question for you guys. What was the last like arena scale? event that you went to and double points for it not being like the Beyonce concert or going to see you 2 or something. Uh, But like, have you guys been in the past 10 years to like a motocross or... You know what I mean? Like one of those things that happens in, a, or like a cattle show. <laughs> I so I actually uh, just a, a quick tangent. I
2: just have never been to like an arena music show. I've never seen like uh, you know Billy Joel at Dodger Stadium. Oh, wow. um, it's something I'd actually kind of like to do. I think I get the impression that maybe those suck, but um, I think I I kind of like grew up in 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 a in a, in a kind of a little zone of rock and roll where like you wanted to see people in the smallest room possible because that was like more credible. Sure. Uh, So I think I have like just this ingrained, you know, prejudice against, you know, arena shows because that's not like fucking where the real shit is, man. Uh, but I, yeah, but I, I feel like I've kind of gotten over that night. I I would, I would, I would love to see Billy Joel at Dodger Stadium were that,
1: were that to be safe at some point. I think I might've never been to one of those kind of concerts myself. I, I went to see Aerosmith in middle school, but that was one of those outdoor amphitheater type deals, you know, like a 5,000 seater. Did you have to time travel to
3: see those guys in middle school?
1: (laughs) Yeah. A 13 year
2: old (laughs) Steven Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On stage, you saw him say, maybe I should try a scarf, and the rest is history.
1: <laughs> but, like, I've definitely been to the Monster Truck Rally. I went to that one time. Yeah, me too. I've been to two
3: Rolling Stones arena shows, one in 1988 with Guns N' Roses opening for them. Whoa. Whoa. Guns N' Roses and Living Color opening for them.
2: <laughs> wow, that's a bill. That's a that is the most 1988 bill of all time.
3: And then uh, again, around 1995 at the uh, the Rose Bowl.
2: Do you, is it is it is it fun to see like a band that huge in a space that huge? It's not bad. It's
3: it's yeah. It's pretty fun. <laughs> I got to admit, it's
1: it's not bad.
2: Yeah. I bet there's a I bet there's an energy, you know? I bet there's like yeah. a fu- like a fucking energy where you're all yeah. going nuts, you know?
1: I feel like a big turning point that came in my life is I spent, you know, my teens and 20s going to rap concerts and clubs where you like you know, you jump up and down the whole time and rap along and Call and response, all those kinds of things, right? It's just sort of like the rap equivalent of the the punk rock shows that you were going to, Jordan. maybe uh, less um, uh, less mosh pit violence, more threat of someone pulling a gun at some point. <laughs> and where in
3: San Francisco were you seeing these rap shows what what club in San Francisco?
1: the independent in San Francisco, Maritime hall oh yeah those were those were all those were all ages. They were this is no this is mostly starting when I was eighteen. Okay. Not bottom of the hill. I went to a few at the bottom of the hill. Absolutely I went to a few at the bottom of the hill club. It's a good club. I like that place. Bottom of the yeah, bottom of the hill's fun as shit. Um but uh then there was like a long period where I was really not going to anything. And then uh like maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, um Teresa and I went to see Van Morrison. Uh, Who at the time was just a regular asshole,
2: (laughs) not a COVID, not a COVID denier, right?
3: Yeah, Jesus.
1: Um, And but like I love Van Morrison. Uh, You know, like Van Morrison is like the thing that my that my father and stepmother always agreed on, you know, my stepmother's from Belfast where Van Morrison's from and oh wow. Uh, you know, it's was, it was very very important to me and I I love Van Morrison's music and um so when I heard he was going to play, he was at the uh, Wiltern Theater, which is, you know, like a like a 2500 seat type deal. Um yeah. I was like, "Teresa, is it okay if if I just buy us a- van morrison tickets even though they probably cost four hundred dollars or something and uh she was like uh yeah and Teresa and i went to that and man i i love sit in a chair concerts oh the best (laughs) (laughs) i realize now that like i was (laughs) i was pursuing the like passionate intensity of you know Seeing the, the wake up show reunion concert at Ruby Sky in San Francisco, where, where uh, a tribe called Quest had a surprise reunion and everyone was pushing in each other and you're bathing in wow. everyone's sweat and all that. But I can't do that anymore. And now I'm just like, yeah, I just want to watch an old guy sing jazz standards and I'm not obliged to leave my chair.
3: <laughs> it's so great when you go to a theater to see a show and there's all these seats, and the opening act plays, and everyone's sitting down, and then the main act comes out, and then there's that fucking moment where everyone stands up, and you're just like, God
1: damn it. <laughs> really?
2: We're going to do We were going to sit down for this
1: one. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Me and a friend of Jordan Jesse Go, uh Benjamin Harrison from uh, The Greatest Generation and uh and so forth went to see Raphael Sadiq uh last year. And Raphael Sadiq, of course, is the, the main singer in Tony Tony Tony, among many other oh, yeah. um, among many other achievements. And I love Raphael Sadiq more than anything. And I'm like, this is gonna be great. This is a show. For my, This is just a show for, for people my age and also 10 years older than me. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be like yeah. suited and booted. Everybody is going to be looking like a million dollars, like wearing church clothes. Every lady in this thing is going to be wearing heels. And I am just going to sit down in a chair and enjoy as he sings anniversary and a bunch of women scream.
4: and we got to this club and there was no chairs
1: no there
4: was no chairs i'm like you can't have no chairs at a show for 45 year olds
2: Uh, and then nobody was opening up the pit fucking posers
1: i know (laughs) it's ladies and feather boas weren't Uh, oh i um
2: i remember going to uh see courtney barnett uh, a couple years ago great show fucking fucking rules if you ever get a chance to uh, see courtney barnett live god damn it that that rocked so hard um and i remember leaving uh i turned to the friends i was with and i said well that was a good length (laughs) oh no i was happy that it wasn't too long i'm like well sometimes sometimes they do they fucking jam during the encore they do a second encore uh i was like yeah that's great i'm
1: we're out by 10 I am so ready for what I am thinking of as the Jimmy Pardo period in my life. Uh, named after our mutual friend, Jimmy Pardo, Yeah, which is where I go to tons of concerts. They're all sit-downs in theaters that I bought the tickets for uh, $15 on StubHub. <laughs> and it's all elderly people. Like, I'm only going to see, but I but I'm loving it. That yeah. I am so ready for. And I'm also ready, this is a, a difference between my style of pardoing out and, and theirs. I'm ready to be a jazz guy. Like, you know how sometimes your parents will be like, I'd love to see some live jazz. I'm ready. I'm ready to just one day say to my wife, honey, why don't we go out to see some live jazz? Baked potato. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the
2: baked
3: potato in right Ventura, perfect. man, you got to go. It's great.
2: Yeah, I should. Uh, I should set you up. I should do you an email CC with my stepdad Brad.
3: <laughs> I'd love. <laughs> I'd love
2: uh, to hear what Brad thinks do, about those horns. Do you? I mean, if you ever want to talk to somebody who has an opinion about live jazz venues, he's your guy. You know, I I would love to be,
1: I would love to get to the point of security within myself and enjoyment and appreciation of the arts, where I say to somebody, (laughs) you know what's a great place to see live music?
3: New Orleans. Mm. (laughs) Not there yet.
1: (laughs) Not quite, but I'm getting there. I'm close. I want to be that. I want that for myself and my family. New Orleans. (laughs) Live music. Yeah. I love live music. Try the beignets. Love Zydeco. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anything washboard.
2: Yeah you, 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 yeah, you love a live concert where the washboard guy is at the front of the stage and everybody else is moved back so you could pay attention to the washboard. Yeah, you don't want to miss the solo. <laughs> I did see that last time I was in New Orleans, a, a live show where the washboard guy was fucking easily the star and everybody else was just there supporting him. It was pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. And I tried the beignets and you know what? They were great. Yeah,
1: pretty good, yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, our lives are going to be great when there's public life again, huh? <laughs> Jesus,
3: please, not soon enough.
1: You know how the you see people writing on social media, uh they're like, "Man, the the handshake is dead." You know? Or like, mm-hmm. "Well, no people are never going to leave the house again." All I'm going to do is shake hands with people. Yeah. Like I have an erection right now just thinking about shaking hands with a bunch of people. Wow. It's like all I want at all is to shake hands walk through a crowded marketplace of some kind, I desperately.
3: Uh, I just want a hug, just a big, deep, dry hug.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hell,
2: Steve. Deep and dry. I like them deep, I like them dry. (laughs)
1: Steve, right now, I'd take a wet hug. Oh, sure. (laughs) I just got off a water slide.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You You know what even I'd take at this point? I'd take a fucking mafia death kiss. <laughs> like, I I would love, I would just love to be touched and to feel the warmth of a human so um, much, I would take the mafia death kiss. Even, it would be worth it knowing that someday, you know, a guy's going to come for me and kill me with a hammer in my sleep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> my only human contact has been With some goddamn medic shoving a fucking Q-tip up my nose. (laughs) That's the closest thing I've come to human contact in six months.
2: Was it deep and dry, though? (laughs) (laughs) I know you like it. I know you like
1: it deep and dry. It was deep and dry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's take a break so we can think about hugs. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse Go. La 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 la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Steve A. G., COVID's golden boy. <laughs> wow. Look out, Tom Hanks. <respecting> sorry idris elba mm-hmm. sorry idris the rock who <laughs> um do you have any context on that steve or
3: no i just i like everybody else i'm a victim of this i have not had covid but uh i'm staying in this house so i don't die from it yeah
1: good call i think that's a good call
3: you know i try i try to live <laughs>
1: <laughs> um when something momentous happens to you like you go on a little walk. Have you heard about this, Steve? <laughs> Walking? Yeah. I, I haven't done it much lately. Well, be careful because Dr. Fauci's going to come with his jackbooted thugs. Yeah. The government yeah. now requires you to go for a little fucking walk.
2: Yeah, because apparently really? we live in communist Germany.
1: Yeah. Jesus. Fucking Fauci making me go on a walk. I don't have to if I don't want to. You know, Fauci called my house the other day. No way. And this is how Fauci talks. He says, hi, it's Dr. Fauci. I said, what, what, what do you? why are you calling me? Don't you have to fight this global pandemic? He says, go for a little fucking walk around the neighborhood. I need
4: you to go for a little fucking walk. It's me, Dr. Fauci. You have to.
1: How do you get your number? <laughs> I gave it to him at a party, but that was pre-COVID. Oh, uh, big mistake. Yeah. And I was pretty hammered. Yeah. He was looking good though. <laughs> you know. You know <laughs> he does.
2: He looks good. For his age especially. Yeah. I know I don't I know I don't like the man because he's uh, you know, forcing everybody to go on these dumb little fucking walks. But uh I will have to admit he looks like he could be one of the thunder from down under. Uh, oh. Yeah. To call something back from earlier in the show.
1: I think he was in the Thunder from down under in between the uh, in between the Clinton and Obama administrations.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot of, that, that lines up time timeline wise. Yeah. He called me and said, What do you have? You have some little
4: dogs? Why don't you go on a little fucking walk with your dogs? Bring some poop bags.
3: <laughs> and he says fucking walk, but he says poop bags, not shit bags.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's a weird guy. What a weirdo. Yeah. Uh... He's a weird guy. I
1: mean, that's the kind of weirdo that passes a law that says you have to go on a little fucking Mm -hmm. walk, you know?
2: Yeah. Listen to a podcast and wave to your neighbor. (laughs) 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 That's what
4: fun is now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk to them. It's hard. They
2: could could get too close. (laughs) (laughs) But really, you just want to give them a dry hug.
1: (laughs) A deep dry hug. (laughs) A deep dry hug. Uh, anyway, momentous occasions is a segment on the show. Blah 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 blah. Two zero six nine eight four for fun. JJ go at MaximumFun.org. Here is an example of such a call.
2: Hey, Jordan and Jesse, um, this happened like an
3: hour ago, but I, I'm just I'm just getting cell signal again. So I'm I'm hiking in the Adirondack Mountains. And um, I saw a an American pine marten, which are super rare and super cute. They're like little weasels that kind of like look like they're dressed up as squirrels. And it was my first time ever seeing one. And I'm alone, and I didn't have anybody to tell me. I mean,
4: you know what I mean. And and uh, but I'm super excited. And um, that's it. Okay, love the show. Bye.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a fucking call right there. Good
2: energy. Good energy on that
1: too. Very good. Oh, the energy. vibes coming off that pine martin call. Uh, what's I? Where are the Adirondacks?
2: I know that they're mountains, but I I can't. I don't even know where where, where to begin looking for them.
1: The Northeast, right? in New York State, right? Sounds about right. Makes sense. I don't know. You're the you're the mountain expert. Well, I'm more of a pine martin guy. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> I wonder if she was uh, tempted to capture and tame it. I think
1: I would be. It sounds pretty cute. Yeah love to capture and tame that. I'd probably, if I was going to hike the Adirondacks, I'd probably have one of those long-handled butterfly nets, just in case I saw a pine marten. <laughs> oh, man. Or a, a you
2: know, a, a classic comic strip bank robber. You can also catch one of those in a, a butterfly <sighs> net.
1: Yeah. God, I'd love to catch a bank robber just once. They always elude your grasp. So slippery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know why? Is because they grease up. That's true. Just
2: like, like the Thunder from Down Under. To reference something <laughs> that we talked about earlier in the show. <laughs> that'd be a fun. Hey, that'd be a fun movie. The Thunder from Down Under. Their club closes, and they have to do a heist. And they're a bunch of hunks, and they like grease up to like go through like air ducts and stuff. Mm. <laughs> hey, listeners, hit us up on social. Does that sound like a good movie? <laughs> If
1: so, tag...
2: You out there, <laughs>
1: Jack Warner?
2: Yeah. Mike Ovitz? Tag Mike Ovitz. Tell him I've got an idea. At Ovitz. Hashtag grease him up. <laughs> <laughs> He'll know what it means. Ovitz. Is <laughs> Mike Ovitz dead? <laughs> I don't <laughs> he know. Might I just, he was
3: just a huge reference during uh, David Letterman's NBC years. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Uh, Michael, it's still alive, seventy-three years old, and
3: living in the Adirondacks.
2: Living in the Adirondacks, catching weasels. (laughs) Steve,
1: you've been on the show a few times before, so I don't, I don't mean to be presumptuous in explaining to you what our show is. But our (laughs) show is basically a podcast version of the Robert Altman film, The Player. Oh, Mm -hmm. I like that. We sort of satirize inside show business. Uh, stuff like eating at Spago, I used to live in an apartment. My first apartment in Los Angeles
3: was right behind the old Spago up there next to uh the old tower records in uh, the, old the
2: old Spago
3: old Spago did you ever treat yourself? Never went in once. I lived there for like <laughs> two years.
2: Uh, Yeah, I guess I knowing that like uh, you know, your first LA apartment is usually just a a real a real piece of shit, and I imagine uh, uh, I don't I don't mean to presume that your apartment was a real piece of shit, Steve, but I mean typically it
3: was a real piece of shit, Jordan. No, well there you go. I
2: (laughs) guess I should assume more, even if it makes an (laughs) ass out of you and me. Um, and yeah, to like live in the like shadow of the like thing that is used as a like joke about opulence is probably yeah. a real weird fuck you
1: to have to experience every day. Yep. I went to Spago once and there was Wolfgang fucking Puck. No, mm. is that true? Sure. Talking to talking to celebrities at a, at their table. Man. And I'm like Puck. come over here, Wolfie. Wolfie. No recognition. What Nothing. A dick. I think he probably Not just doesn't even a like little being bit called
2: I think he doesn't like being called Wolfie. I just wanted a long, deep, dry hug. Sure, <laughs> from the man who invented putting barbecue chicken on pizza.
3: Yeah, yeah. Is that him? I think yeah, so. I think that's right. It is now. Yeah, old, <laughs> it is now. It's a Good fact old Wolfie.
1: Now. Can I ask you guys a question now, yes. Steve? Yeah, you're. You spent a lot of time Joshua Tree, the Salton Sea, points east of Los Angeles. Yeah. You love the the barren nightmare scape. I do. <laughs> of those places.
3: I did, yes.
1: Would you go on a hike, like a long hike? And also, would you go on a hike where it was just you? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I was
3: doing it like the first 70 days of this pandemic. I was hiking a lot until it got like really hot out there.
2: Uh, what what do you see when you're out there? Is it just desolate barrenness, or pretty it will, will you see a goat every now and then? They got any?
3: They got any martins? You'll see rabbits. You see rabbits. No martins.
1: Uh, some road runners. Yeah, I saw. I was driving down the street right here in the city of Los Angeles. I saw a bunny rabbit. I said to myself, "That's living." They're pretty amazing. You know what I mean? Seeing a bunny rabbit right there.
2: Oh, you were I thought you were envying I thought you were envying the bunny's life.
1: No, bunnies have terrible
2: lives. <laughs> They're
1: scared of everything. Yeah. And and their teeth never stop growing. Yeah, that's pretty
2: bad. <laughs> Frequent fucking from what I understand. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They do fuck it up. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they love it. A, a bunny rabbit knows how to lay some pipes. Sure. Oh,
2: Adorable <laughs> widow pipe. <laughs> I'm going to get up in them adorable, widow guts.
4: Hello, it's me, the Easter Bunny. I'm here to weigh some
2: no, you're not the Easter Bunny. You're Dr. <laughs> Fauci, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Fauci in an Easter Bunny outfit that you're wearing to trick me. Nice try,
5: Fauci.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's take another call.
5: Hey, guys, I got a momentous occasion for you. I was driving to get groceries the other day, and you know this is a part of town that's mostly strip malls and industrial lots. Can you place pause this for a second, Brian? Deer- How
3: about those crickets?
1: Yeah. <laughs> from now on, we're only taking calls that feature in uh, atmospheric soundscapes. Yeah,
2: please call us from the first part of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get a call from... But if I don't know if Disneyland's open yet it is yeah. it's probably unsafe but yeah. if you're fine being unsafe go and call us from the first part of the pirates of the caribbean ride we'll send you a magnet or something i don't know we got magnets <laughs> who gives a who gives a fuck we'll we'll find a magnet to send you i'll make one make a magnet send it to somebody who calls us from the
1: ride i probably got one upstairs that says Hearst castle i'll cross it out and write in jordan jesse go there, uh, there great go easy great great Should we have a castle? Probably.
2: (laughs) What have we done to deserve a castle?
1: (laughs) It's a merit system. (laughs) Okay, sorry, Brian. Go ahead and press play.
5: And, uh, you know, this is a part of town that's mostly strip malls and industrial lots, a place where a deer has absolutely no place being. And yet, right off the side of the road, there's a motherfucking deer standing there. And it kind of looks at me and gives me this look like, yeah, I'm about to do it. And so it runs right out in the road. Um, And so I like break for him. This dude behind me is honking his horn like, get the fuck out of the way. And so he like speeds up to go around me on the right, doesn't see the deer, almost hits it, swerves a little bit. Everybody's fine. We come up to the next stoplight and he kind of looks at me, gives me the finger guns and drives off. And what do I see dangling in the rear end of his car? A couple of brass truck nuts. <laughs> yep, truck testicles. So I thought that was pretty momentous. Figure you guys might like to know. Thanks. This guy took one of those
1: moth classes. <laughs> yes. Because he knows that you need to tell the story, you have to have a capper, mm-hmm. and then you have to have a moment of reflection. Mm. And the moment of reflection is the nuts, the truck nuts. Right, right. (laughs) The capper is the finger guns, and then the moment of the reflection is, at the end of the day, we're all just some brass truck nuts. (laughs) Right.
2: Dangling, dangling from this fucking crazy blue Chevy we're all going around on.
0: That's what
2: I call the earth. Yeah. It's a crazy fucking blue Chevy,
1: man. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just dangling off the back. Sorry, Dan Kennedy. We know your tricks now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We know it's all about the truck nuts.
2: A fun wildlife theme to the calls this week. Good job, Brian, finding thematically linked uh, momentous occasions. It's a lot
1: of fun. It's like I always say, you know, Mm. nature finds a way. Right. You do always say that. (laughs) It's true. Right before shit went crazy at Jurassic Park. Constantly saying that. You know what the other thing I always say is? Oh, you're gonna need a bigger boat, right? Oh, you do say right. that a lot. I do. You know, well,
2: I got a lot I, of friends with two small boats. What can I yeah. say? And you also say, "Here comes a close encounter of the third kind." <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know that famous line from that movie. Have you seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jordan? I have. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, fucking really cool. I had not sure. seen it until like a year ago, and I watched oh, it. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, this is exactly my kind of boring movie.
2: That's great. Dreyfus is really funny in it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I you you are. I mean, I forget often how funny Richard Dreyfus is when he's like flipping the
1: fuck out. He's great. Yeah. I didn't even so Richard Dreyfus is like exactly in the heart of the category of people who were famous when I was a child and adolescent, but for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why. And it's because I hadn't seen Jaws or Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. And you see those and you're like, well, but obviously Richard Dreyfus is America's greatest movie star. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's amazing. Whereas my f- first experience with Richard Dreyfus was, what the fuck is this Krippendorf tribe guy? Miss, who the fuck <laughs> is Mr. What? Holland? Yeah.
2: Why do I give a shit about that opus? (laughs) Seems like a pretty shitty opus to me.
1: (laughs) But I don't I don't know if that's because he's something that you understand better when you're an adult or simply because I hadn't seen those two movies.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean I think I you know, I think I had seen those as a kid and I think I liked I think I liked Dreyfus. He had like a horse racing movie that I watched. That I like demanded my parents rent a lot. He and, did? Yeah, what is that called? It's uh anyway, Richard Dreyfus horse racing movie. I don't fucking Le Mans. Uh, yes, the Le Mans the movie. Anyway, I'm sure that was like a a like grown up eighties comedy, but for some reason I just liked Let It Dreyfus. Ride. I like Let It Ride. There you go. Uh, the dude's just funny when he freaks out. I think because he starts I'm, with like a lot of. Oh, and what about Bob? I liked what about Bob too as a kid. So I think I. He's I liked great him in that. And What About Bob. So good. He's so yeah. He's very funny. A lot of freaking out in that.
1: Yeah, I love it when he freaks out. HBO Max has a um, like selected by AMC category
2: on it. Oh, yeah, I think it's TCM. But oh, yeah.
1: TCM. Thank oh, you. I mean, that's and,
2: unnecessary for me to correct you there. You're, what you're uh, saying is what you're anyway.
1: Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited about this category. And I watched a, a movie that starred Dom DeLuise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dom DeLuise, I remember, I could not have been more baffled by Dom DeLuise as a <laughs> child. Like, what is this man? And it was obvious he was famous because he had parts for a famous person, like in the Muppet movie or whatever. Right. But I couldn't figure out. I'm like, what is this guy's deal? Now, all I want to do is watch Dom DeLuise. <laughs> that is definitely that's definitely
2: a kind of like celebrity when you're a kid, like someone you've never seen them in anything. But when you see them for the first time, people are treating them like a celebrity, so you assume that they're famous. Yeah, a Burt yeah, Reynolds. Yeah, usually the was mu- like, like, oh, the that Muppets too. are excited to see this guy.
1: I was always like, what is what's good about Burt Reynolds? Mm-hmm. And then it's because I didn't see uh it's because i didn't see smoking in the bandit until i was an adult and i saw smoking in the Bandit. and i'm like oh what's good about burt reynolds is everything in the world yeah. is the greatest thing in history just yeah wandering around chewing gum and it's the greatest shit ever and slapping dom de yeah <laughs> being a little mean to sally field okay let's take one more call
0: Hello, Jordan. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Go. This is Tony from Vancouver, British Columbia, calling in with a momentous occasion. Um, The project that I have been working on for the last year or so has finally been announced and has finally been revealed to the world. And I'm very excited uh, to be able to start telling people that I adapted and drew the artwork uh, together with Natalie Reese uh, for the Bubble Graphic Novel. This is fantastic. I mean, I have been a Jordan Jesse Go listener for a very long time. So, guys, Jordan it has been a real goddamn treat to be able to uh, be a part of this. Every page, every panel has been an absolute delight. Um, so thank you so much for bringing me on to be a part of this. This announcement was made maybe a week or so ago at this point. So maybe you're wondering, oh, why, Tony, why are you being so tardy in uh, calling in with this momentous occasion? And the answer is that uh, I have been busy with another momentous occasion. My partner and I, I mean, mostly she, but, you know, I was there too, have been busy bringing a newborn child into the world. And in the time between then and now, uh, he's been busy converting my waking hours into light and joy um, so Jesse, I hope this <laughs> will satisfy as an excuse for not calling in sooner. Um, love you guys. Love the podcast. I hope to talk to you soon. Cheers.
1: Come on, Tony. What is this year? One of the show. Your momentous <laughs> occasion is you had a, your first child. Come on. We did that 10 years ago. It was mainly the
2: comic book thing. That's the primary one. We don't, we haven't had that before. Hi, it's me, Dr. Fauci. Oh no!
4: Oh, I God. just brought a new, new life into the world. So why don't you go on a little walk around the block, and you can look in the window of a store, but you don't really want to go
2: in because it makes you
4: uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> hmm. Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> Dr. Fauci. That's a mask. It's the Easter Bunny.
4: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! With me the whole time. You didn't recognize Shyamalan me shit. by my distinctive Easter Bunny voice. <laughs>
2: I didn't. Uh, I, it's a very slight difference.
4: Well, I'm Sweet. off to lay some eggs.
2: <laughs> what about some pipe?
1: <laughs> Fuzzy whittle pipe. <laughs> it's up for pre-order now, uh, by yeah, the way, the uh, um, the, the, the yeah, bubble graphic uh, novel.
2: That's the, the great Tony Cliff, uh, the creator of the Delilah Dirk series, which is a pretty fantastic uh, series of graphic novels for graphic novel fans and also maybe older kids. Um, Yeah. And he, he was, he was nice enough to, uh, yeah, be the, be the, be the art guy for the, for the bubble graphic novel. Uh, I wrote the script with Sarah Morgan. Uh, We talked a little bit, this, a little bit about this last week. Uh, Natalie Reese did the colors. And yeah, boy, uh, he was a, he was a, he was a swell guy. And I think, you know, Yeah, just such a, I mean, in addition to being a a really brilliant artist, you know, has listened to this show for a long time. So I think he kind of like, you know, (laughs) understands things that we think are funny. So, uh, yeah, it it, it was great. I feel like I did not have to have any like sense of humor
1: discussions with him at all while we were doing this. It was like he he just got everything. Were you surprised, Jordan, that... Uh, so many of the crowd scenes had Booster Gold in them. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I was <laughs> delighted at first, but then concerned
2: we were going to run up against copyright issues. <laughs> right. Steve, you got an in with Warner Brothers as King Shark. Please sure. tell them not to sue us. All right, I'll i yeah. I'll—I'll
3: I'll
1: talk to him
2: Please ask Hater to say something.
1: <laughs> Steve, what are the top three acting choices that you have to make when you're playing? a? I presume King Shark is some kind of Shark man with a crown?
3: No, no crown. It's just implied that he's royalty, I guess. Got it. Um
1: by the name, implied by the, the choices? name. Choices? Yeah, what kind of choices are you making?
3: Eyes open or eyes closed. Right. Um run or walk.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh
3: deep voice or fauci voice. Right. <laughs> Easter bunny or Dr. <laughs> <laughs> fauci.
4: Yeah. King Shark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> David Hader. <laughs>
4: I'll get you, Superboy.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Speak. Hey, you, you can pre-order the Bubble graphic novel. Uh, a, a lot of people have been, uh, not a lot of some people on social media have been uh, telling me that their local indie bookstores are pre-ordering it. Um, I actually made a note of the ones I've heard about. If you're in Northern Virginia, you can give the people at One uh, one More Page Books a call. Washington, D.C., Politics and Prose, and Salt Lake City, the King's English Bookshop. Um, yeah, so definitely, uh, if you can, get it from your local indie bookstore. Uh, but if you like shopping on Amazon, it's up there now, and you can pre-order it.
1: Politics and Prose, that's a dope bookstore. I've been to that bookstore before.
2: Yeah, they're, that's why they're, they're pre-ordering Bubbled now.
1: Pre-order that bad boy.
2: Pre-order the bad boy. Makes a be- listen. I know you're. If you're out there, you're probably your first priority was PS Five pre-order. Yeah. Second or second priority Cybertruck. Cybertruck, <laughs> <laughs> from Elon Musk. If you have a little bit left over, please. It, uh, listen, you're your 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 cash doesn't mean a lot to Musk or Sony, but pre-ordering a book is a really big deal for the book. So if you can, please do it. It's, it's really, really good. I've seen it. Tony's a fucking genius, and the baby will—the baby will be a genius as well.
1: Priya, why not? You know what? Hmm. People have cellular telephones. Yeah. Why not call your local bookstore while you're out on your little fucking walk?
2: Yeah, that's a great thing to do on oh, your little fucking it... bullshit walk.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Get on your Yelp. So type in indie bookstore. Call them up. And then yeah, that's another good thing about doing that is that if enough people call, they hey like they say to themselves, hey, I've heard this fucking bubble thing seems like it's going to be huge. I'm going to order a couple extra copies, and then they do, and then more people can buy it. So that's helpful. Anyway, do it while you're on your dumb little walk, you fucking baby.
4: Wham <laughs> 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 wham! Well, well, my dad makes art.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you specifically being Tony's baby now?
1: Yeah, I'm Tony's baby. Yeah. Congratulations, Tony. Yeah. Children are wonderful. If you ask me, they're our future.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And the past, if we ask time traveler Booster Gold. (laughs) (laughs) A jerk from the
1: future. (laughs) JJGO at MaximumFun.org or 206 984 4FUN. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.
5: La, la, la. Hey, you
2: like movies? What about coming up with movie ideas over the course of an hour? Because that's what we do every week on Story Break, a writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have an hour to come up with a pitch for a movie or TV show based off of
0: totally zany prompts.
1: Like that time we reimagined Star Wars based on our phones autocomplete. Luke Skywalker is a family man, and it's Star Wars, but it's a good idea.
5: Okay. <laughs> How about that time we broke the story of a bunch of Disney Channel original movies based solely on the title and the poster?
0: Okay, Sarah Highland is a 50-foot woman. Let's just go with
5: it, guys. <laughs> or
2: the guys. Photoshop feature film.
0: Stamp tool is your Woody, and then the autofill oh, is the new Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Join us as we
5: have a good time imagining all the movies Hollywood is too cowardly to make. Story Break comes out every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I don't know why I'm using this voice now. La, la, la,
0: la, la. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast hosts to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, and what's your deal? (laughs) I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots.
2: We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions, and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts.
5: We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. La, 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 la,
4: la, la.
1: Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. Steve
3: A.G., Deep Dry Hugger.
1: <laughs> that was a Burt Reynolds movie, wasn't it? Deep Dry Hugger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, have you guys seen the movie The Longest Yard? I have not. Uh uh-uh. uh. Which one? Uh, the, the, I'm speaking of the original one, um, not the yes. Adam Sandler remake.
3: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: the original one is, the premise is Burt Reynolds is in jail and he organizes a football team in the jail. Mm-hmm. And there's a great part where Bernadette Peters is really funny. Mm-hmm. There's a few racist parts. Of course, 70s. And homophobic parts. Of course, 70s. <laughs> but mostly, it's there's no jokes. It's just Burt Reynolds wandering around chewing gum. Yep. And that is pretty great. <laughs> I've been meaning to see Gator. Oh,
2: I've never seen Gator. And I think he fights a gator in it.
1: Oh, uh, that sounds good. There's no
3: way he fights a gator in it.
2: I think he probably... It's called Gator, Steve. <laughs> No, he guards a fence, dude. <laughs> Man, that'd be a real disappointment. You buy a ticket to a movie called Gator. <laughs> this is a guy making sure somebody doesn't jump a fence.
3: Hey, you're going to pop your tires if you drive in this way. It's wrong. This is exit only.
2: All right, I googled I googled Gator. Yeah. I got a lot of pictures of a UTV crossover vehicle. Looks like something maybe like a groundskeeper uses but also the poster for a burt reynolds movie the tagline of which is meet the bayou's baddest good old boy and he's hugging a, he's hugging a bikini babe sweet jordan weren't you a
1: gator at the lake
2: in in mission va <laughs> <for laughs> yeah i was summers? there was a there's a there's a, a man-made members only lake near where i grew up and i uh for a summer operated the gate where people um went in and out anyway anyway fucking good story huh <laughs> what can you do in that lake they got
1: they got little boats
2: uh yeah, there's little boats there's paddle boats you can uh, take a junior lifeguard class uh which I did um that's a lot of fun um yeah you there's concerts you can see like um you know it's where you'll see like um it, like a temptations, but there's none of the original temptations sure. They do. uh, They so they do those kinds of concert. Oh, I opened the door for uh, Joan Osborne once when she was coming in to do her concert. Oh, now we're talking. That was Joan
3: Osborne. Joan
2: fucking Osborne.
3: Ozzy's sister.
2: (laughs) Right. Why she also bites the head off a bat during every performance? (laughs) Right after
1: what if God was one of us? Fucking snacks on a bat. Uh, I fucking snacks. I, I watched a couple months ago. I watched uh, my VHS copy of uh, the documentary "Standing in the Shadows of Motown" about the Funk Brothers, the the Motown house band, or one of the mm-hmm. Motown house bands. And uh, it was, it's an important. They're incredibly important and charming dudes. And there was a lot of musical performances in it. And you know, maybe the movie was a little bit. Baby boomer, baby boomer corny. But the one thing that I took home from it is Joan Osborne is in it a lot. Hmm. And honestly, she's fucking great. She hmm. sings great, she seems super cool. I was like, I guess Joan Osborne just totally delivers on the promise of her hit song, What If God Was One of Us? Yeah. <laughs> she was on week, I heard her on weekend edition today. She's got new music. Good what? For her. Really? Yeah. She can really blow. I mean, she was really she, you know, not all these people really carried off their Motown covers in this movie and she really did. Good for her. Joan Osborne.
2: There you have it. It's all the bats. It's like, you know how they say uh voiceover actors have to eat a green apple. Well, <laughs> if you're gonna sing some Motown covers, you got to snack on a bat. Got to do mm-hmm. it.
1: Just talking about some stuff from
2: earlier in the show.
1: Uh Steve have you got Have you yeah. got anything of note going on that our audience should know about?
3: Well, uh, I did uh, just shoot an episode of Superstore this past week, so hey, that's happening. Cool. They're back in production and uh, being very safe. So, it, not going to lie, it was a massive anxiety attack the first couple <laughs> hours being on a set. I believe it. But they're they're running it really well, and um, so I think that starts mid October. So
1: keep an eye out. It's awesome. Very funny show. Very funny yeah. television program.
2: And I, I'm not on, I'm not on the gram myself. But I've heard many people uh, compliment your Instagram photography. As soon as I oh, get on that, you gotta gram, get on the gram. I gotta get. I just get on got
3: the- off the Facebook. Oh, nice. So you went. F- I watched that that uh, social dilemma and deleted my Facebook.
2: Oh, I haven't watched that, but I hear that it'll, it'll make you do it. Oof! Yes. Yeah, I've actually I got a little I got a little plan to get on the gram actually. I've got a little I let's let's I'm,
1: I'll t- I might, let's just say I might get on the gram here pretty soon. Nice. Yeah. Jordan, I'll say this. I'm on the gram and uh I'm going to tell you Steve AG number 1 recommended follow. Okay. No,
3: that can't be true. Number
1: either. 1. Number
2: 1 it. overall. Wow. And I Number 2? Put this on. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Num- number three, I hear there's an account where it's just videos of cats doing that thing where they go. Probably. Yeah, I want to follow that thing.
1: Number two is a dog named Willie. Mm-hmm. At City Willie. Mm-hmm. This dog, somebody, some, a listener, you know, Judge Sean Hodgman listener or something said, you should follow my dog on instagram and i'm like come on you know like at least tell me about it someone else's dog that's good right you're just plugging your own dog to me and i looked at the dog and it's the greatest dog in the history of the world city willie fully delivers city willie but the god the dog is just cute it's not a gifted artist like our friend steve agee (laughs) steve agee is a legitimately wonderful photographer uh, who posts beautiful photographs all the time. Oh, thank you. Um, and uh, really <laughs> a more interesting and aesthetically appreciatable than some uh, professional photographers, full-time professional photographers. Steve is an occasional <laughs> professional photographer. <laughs> trying uh, to get there. Who who I follow on Instagram. Steve is a really gifted photographer and uh, has a really beautiful eye and also an interesting lifestyle that allows him to uh, photograph interesting stuff. Well oh, thanks man. It's very kind of you. I mean it. Jordan had just heard that. I've lived it.
2: I've heard it. it could be <laughs> bullshit. <laughs>
1: well, you'll have to get on the gram
2: and see. I'm getting on the I
4: might- I can't say my dad just say
1: say my on the gram. All right. Wait. Jordan, are you still here? All I can hear is the Easter bunny. <laughs> yeah, that- <laughs> our producer is brian sunny d fernandez
4: time to get my ass eaten.
1: they love sex they're a very sexual creature you can follow us on twitter at jordan underscore morris and at jesse thorne uh you can like us on facebook or uh, join the max fun facebook group we're also on reddit at maximum fun dot reddit.com or at <laughs> uh i think that's about it our theme music love you by the free design thanks to the free design and to their label which is light in the attic records brilliant band totally amazing uh, you can find that on kites are fun the best of the free design um, which is a beautiful record that i highly recommend and uh, our guest has been the one and only Mr. Stephen Agee uh, from television's Superstore. And of course, the Diablo Cody talk show. Amen, brother. <laughs> we will talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse Jessica. MaximumFun.org.
5: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
4: Audience supported.